The offseason is officially here. We're going to take day one of the offseason and really just put a final bow on the 2022 Detroit Tigers. One last overall recap. Just one last ode to a pretty catastrophic season and a pretty big failure of a year. We're going to talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Benley. Today is Friday, October 7th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so with welcome to the offseason. Happy offseason, everybody. Uh, I'm really pumped. I'm actually really excited about this offseason, uh, not only for the show, because I think we're, we're going to do some really cool coverage and, and have a lot of cool shows as the offseason goes on, but I'm really excited for the Tigers offseason. I'm really pumped about it. I think that there's going to be a lot of change. I genuinely believe that. And I think that it's going to be positive. And maybe I'm just like choosing to try to be positive, but I think that I will like most of the moves we make. And and the biggest thing is just I truly expect a huge overhaul. I it would not it legitimately would not shock me if almost half of the 40-man roster did not come back next year. that that If 20 of the 40-man roster was somehow, whether it was trade, non-tendered, cut, not re-signed, you name it, it would not surprise me if half of this 40-man was not back by spring training of 2023. And that's exciting because clearly that needs to happen because this season was a catastrophic failure. So let's talk about that. We're going to put one last bow on the season. Like I said, we're going to do just kind of a overall just season in review, I guess we'll call it. That'll probably be the name of this of this episode. 2022 Detroit Tigers season review, season in review. I'll figure it out. There you go. You just went through the process of me naming this episode. Um, but this was not good for a lot of obvious reasons. And we're going to rehash those obvious reasons because we kind of have to. But I think it's important to just go through and remember everything that truly went wrong this year. Because as bad as it was, and as unforgiving as some of it is, and as much of a failure as it is, and as much as it is on the field, it sucked all objectively true, a lot of stuff happened that really kicked us while we were down. And a lot of stuff happened that um, even though all of that is true, outside factors really did not do this team any favors. It was brutal. Everything that it seemed like could have possibly have gone wrong for the 2022 Detroit Tigers did go wrong. So let's start at the beginning. The lockout ends. 
we get really excited. Um, I, I know that I know the game of baseball. I'm not confident in too many things in my life. The game of baseball is one of the few things that I am, right? And I take pride in that, especially now that it's my work. I, I take a lot of pride in that. I, it genuinely pisses me off that I was this wrong about this team. And if you were right about it, you can take your victory lap, whatever. I've heard it all. I will continue hearing it all throughout the offseason. I, I can't seem to go a day without uh, somebody in some to some extent bringing up how wrong, not just me, but a lot of people were about this team going into this season. There was a lot. I don't even know if I'd call them expectations. There was just a lot of excitement. The most excitement, and that's what made it hurt so much. That's what made the fall hurt so much. That's what made this so brutal. First off, I don't think I've ever been as wrong about a Detroit Tigers team as I have about this one. In my entire life, I don't think I've ever misread a Tigers team more than this one. The only one that I can somewhat think of was maybe, no, I like 2015, I guess if you count 2015, maybe, but they had so many injuries that like that wasn't even the same really team as 2014. Um, so I, like, I guess maybe, but that was just like a one-off kind of outlier failure. Like they went back up and missed the playoffs by a game in 2016 with mostly the same roster. Um, so, well, they brought in other people, they brought in Jordan Zimmerman and Justin Upton and such, but like, you get the point that was still a, a core that was still a playoff core. I, so I don't even know if I count 2015 too much about being wrong. And then it was very clear. The writing was on the wall that the team was in a decline too. So I, I don't remember having like World Series expectations in, in 2015 or 16. I think this is comfortably. I don't think it's close. The most wrong I ever was about a team. And it's funny because I don't, I wasn't even like, this is a playoff season. This is a guaranteed playoff season. We had to do promos, I remember, for Lockdown heading into the year. We had to do promos. And one of them was make a quick minute and a half video about whether your team is a contender or a pretender. And I said contender and I didn't, I feel like that was like putting me between a rock and a hard place, picking between those two. Cause I genuinely didn't feel like they were either. I didn't think that this team was a pretender. Like I, I, I they had a pretty solid year last year and added five, six, like, impact players to to what we thought they were going to be at least going into the season I thought that this was a step in the right direction and that they were going to be over 500 I think what I told most people going into this season was yeah I expect the Tigers to be one of the better teams to miss the postseason in the American League that was my bar I guess I would say that was my, I don't know about expectation necessarily, but that was like my, my, if everything goes well and everything that we believe about this team is to be true, I expect them to miss the playoffs by like seven ish games, right? Be one of those better teams to miss the postseason. 
And clearly, I was unbelievably incorrect. And when you go back to the beginning, all this hype, we go to opening day, Javi does the Javi thing and hits the walk-off on opening day, and everybody's excited, and Comerica's chanting, Javi Baez, and everybody's loving life. Um, And that was the last time the Detroit Tigers were over 500 in 2022 was on opening day. That was April 8th, the last time your team was over 500 for the rest of the season. And as the beginning of the season rolled along, they weren't complete. Like in 2021, that was like the worst April I've ever seen in my life, right? And then they went like 500 the rest of the way, but it didn't matter because of how bad April was. This season was in the beginning of April and mid-April. It was like like leading up to Miggy's 3,000th hit. It was like, oh, this is, this is, we're not setting the world on fire, but we're like a couple of games under 500. And we're kind of hanging around. It feels like we're winning a game and then losing a game and then winning a game and then losing a game. And then like eight April, eight, late April, early May, comes around and they go on a pretty hefty losing skid and you go oh my goodness and Javi gets hurt and he had right the thumb thing and we're like okay and then Mize gets hurt and that ends up being well later we would find out that that ended up being Tommy John but Casey Mize get hurt gets hurt pretty early on in the season and we're like okay like, you know what, we're we're not quite in the hole that we were last year, but this feels like last season. This feels like we have dug ourselves in this deep hole, and now it doesn't even matter what we do the rest of the year. Even if we just go like 500, it doesn't matter because we dug ourselves into too deep of a hole. And then we went on another losing skid, and we literally found ourselves with the exact same record in early mid-May that we did in 2021. And so I, I think a lot of people still had the expectation of like, cause again, my expectations were never like this team is definitely making the playoffs. So I looked at it at that point, I reassessed and went, you know what? I think that this team could do what they did last year. The weather breaks, whatnot. They go 500 the rest of the way. And we're still in a position where now 2023, we're going to be rolling into 2023 thinking, you know what? If we just don't suck in April, we're here. And that obviously did not happen. And we're going to talk about the remainder of the season. But first, got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is the number one news source for all of your news, team matchups, player developments, podcasts, in-depth articles and analysis, anything you need, you can find it at Bet Online. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-minute scores from every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games, events, including MMA, MLB, boxing, and golf. So head to BetOnline.net or, or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. 
Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Um, okay, so we get off to the horrible start, and then we go, okay, this is still not salvageable. Like the season, we're not going to contend. However, if we do what we did last year, I think people can still be positive about the direction we're heading. And my nose is so itchy again, dog. I don't know what happens, how this is possible every single time without fault. Um, and so I, I think people, we're going to be frustrated, obviously, but understood, you know what, if we just don't get off to this terrible start every year, maybe seasons would become a little more salvageable and we'd be a little more competitive by the end of the year. The direction of the franchise is still in a positive one. And then everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong. Erod just completely dips off the face of the planet, goes back home, drops all contact with the team, doesn't come back for months. Austin Meadows, injury. After injury, after injury, after injury. Doesn't end up really being able to re-solidify himself and come back. Uh, Spencer Torgelson is is brutal, right? He's laboring. Uh, no power, no consistency at the plate just is really, really struggling. And we're talking about, oh, should we send him down? Like the fan base is clamoring about that literally every single day. Uh, Javi Baez, worst slump, like I've maybe of his career. That's not, you know, don't quote me on that, but it was really bad, right? That slump he went on around that time was brutal and was swinging at everything and the sliders low and away thing. I know that never really went away necessarily, but it was worse than I, it was worse. Um, Casey Mize, we already talked about the one glimmer of hope we have. Well, the two are this bullpen is good. And Tarek Skubal is unbelievable. And then we keep going forward throughout the season and the wins are still not coming and this offense is really proving itself to be horrific and when did I lose my mind about the broadcast saying that it was too hot when was that I feel like that was around June maybe July but I feel like that was around around then and it was in Kansas City, I think. Because we had we had heard for months, it's freezing cold in Detroit. The offense can't hit when it's cold. Wait until the weather breaks. And, the t- and I was part of it. I was like, yeah, makes sense to me. This team's good. I refuse to believe that we're this bad, actually. Yep. Like, it, it's just, it's so crazy looking at hindsight. And, like, how quickly your mindset can change in like four months like this this team blows right and like four months ago five months ago people were were they were like the talk of the town and people were like oh like maybe this is a really big year in the right direction this team actually could be good like it, it makes me feel stupid and it, like i i it makes me upset that i was that wrong about that but like it, it's it's unreal it's something that i've never seen before this is a season i like i have never experienced in my life 
and I, and I, I believe that a lot of people share that sentiment. And so at this point, midway through the year, Scooble starts having a couple of bad starts. Um, the bullpen is still solid, but we're just like patchworking this rotation because everyone's either hurt or there was the one point in the season where Scooble was the only person from the opening day rotation that was healthy. Every single other opening day starter was either hurt or not with the team. And just a, a patchwork of rotation. Those guys deserve a lot of credit. And when looking at the numbers, this like starting pitcher ERA for this team was like not unbelievable. It was like bottom seven or eight in baseball. The team ERA was, I think, 10th, 11th worst in baseball. So like just outside of the bottom third, maybe the middle third of the league, right on that fringe between those two, which is like not fantastic either. The bullpen ERA finished like seventh or eighth best in baseball. And that's something that, that shouldn't be overlooked. This bullpen was really, really good. And maintained that throughout most of the year. Um, the thing about this rotation that makes them so unique is everybody kept talking about how impressive it was. And, and it is unbelievably impressive. And it's impressive because of what we expected when everyone got hurt. And we were calling up a bunch of, you know, Garrett Hill, Alex Fiedo, Bo Brisky. Like I, Bo Brisky had a, a, an impressive couple of innings in spring training. And besides that, that was kind of it uh, going into the season. And he, he had a great year last year. Don't get it twisted. He won minor league Tigers, minor league pitcher of the year last year in the entire organization. Like he was fantastic um, and really made a name for himself last year. So he topped that off with a really impressive spring. But uh, if you would have asked me in April, how many starts those three dudes, Hill, Fiedo, Brisky, we're going to get, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not even sure I would have said more than like three or four at the end of the year, like total. I wouldn't have Garrett Hill would have been nowhere near a starting rotation. in in my opinion, in April. Um, and when it came to Fiedo, I, I thought he was, I don't want to say doomed because everybody needs relievers, but I thought he was on a trajectory to head to the bullpen and I didn't expect him to be major league starter. And then Bo Brisky, I like maybe gets a couple of spot starts later in the year, or if we have a huge injury problem, which we did a lot earlier, and he was up by like May, right? He he replaced Mize, and so those dudes doing what they did and having again not like world beating ERAs, right? Like we're we're not the Dodgers. Our team ERA is not like two eight five. <laughs> we don't have an all star just as our team ERA, but. You know, our team ERA was like around four. It was a little over four. And given the situation, that's very impressive. And that's what makes it so impressive is the situation that we went through. And Fetter deserves a ton of credit, as we always love to give him because he deserves it. But these pitchers really deserve, the, the, obviously, the most credit. That they, Alex Fiedo just coming up and being a, a like productive, solid major league starter out of nowhere for a, like several starts was really not expected, um, and, and Bo Brisky, the same thing. Now, the biggest thing about this starting rotation that they need to look at and that will be the is the biggest thing holding them back from taking that, like, next step. It, it, and, I mean, kind of goes to how it's kind of impressive given that they 
had, like I said, kind of right on the fringe between bottom third and middle third of uh, the league and in, in team ERA, this starting pitchers for the Detroit Tigers had the least amount of strikeouts in all of baseball compared to other teams starting pitchers. They ranked 30th. Starters for the Detroit Tigers ended the season with 594 strikeouts on the year. The next closest is 29th Baltimore, who had 620, and then the Washington Nationals at 28, who had 635. For reference, the Houston Astros led the league and had just under 950. So you're talking about 350 more strikeouts out of just starting pitchers from, and that's the top to the bottom, but even a a team like Cleveland, we talk about how great Cleveland's pitching is all the time. They had 798. They were 13th in baseball. You're 200 strikeouts away from your starting rotation to even being in that conversation, that middle of the pack category. There's a lot of playoff teams in the middle of the pack here. Toronto, Cleveland, Seattle, all 12, 13, 15. Tampa Bay Rays, crazy pitching they have, 18. And, you know, they have a fantastic bullpen too. But, like, this team needs to generate more swings and misses. They need to. And their walk numbers aren't bad. They were very middle of the pack. They were, like, 14 or 15th in baseball and in walks allowed. Like, that's that's something that's – really impressive to be able to not have that many strikeouts while also looking around and and not seeing that oh like the the walk numbers aren't that bad we're not walking everybody under the sun that means they pounded the strike zone and got a lot of weak contact and didn't have that bad of an ERA it's all very impressive but the next step undoubtedly is to get some more swings and misses into this starting rotation. You need it. At the end of the day, for for as much credit as we've given the pitching and as good as it is, this team still lost 96 games. You need more swings and misses out of the starters. You need more swings and misses out of the bullpen too. Really, Alex Lang was doing a lot of heavy lifting when it came to, and for like as good as stuff as Gregory Soto has, he's not like a huge swing and miss machine, oddly enough. Um, I know that, that a lot of people just be like, get him off my team. I know a lot of people are really tired of Greg, but um, so th- there's a lot of, of stuff that we can still let. And it seemed like that, right? Cause throughout this year, every, it's what it, the, the line that I kept repeating over and over again, right? Every single starter, I was like, well, the next step for this dude is to get a pitch that is a consistent swing and miss pitch, right? That was, that was, it was, I was a broken record all year, like clockwork every single time. Uh, pretty much anybody took the mound except for Tarek Skubal at the beginning of the year. I was like, yeah, next step is developing a consistent swing and miss pitch. Next step is developing a consistent swing and miss pitch. And that is proof in the pudding right there. Least amount of strikeouts by starting pitchers in all of baseball. And again, makes what they did even uh, honestly a little bit more impressive in my eyes because these dudes weren't supposed to be major leaguers this year, and they came up, and even without the ability to get swings and misses against major league bats, still put together solid enough, you know, around four ERA, a little over four ERA. It's impressive, but that's definitely the next step as the team. Um, Let's talk about the offense. Golly, let's talk about the offense. All right for this. 
All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment two here. Segment three. It's our third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. There's no way I'm keeping this under 30. I apologize in advance. Um, okay, let's start talking about these offensive numbers. Now, they're also offensive to my eyes. So the thing is, when I was doing my prep work for this throughout the day and whatnot, I spent hours trying to find – hours – trying to find some offensive stats that I could be like, hey, it was really bad. It was historically bad. But look at this shiny number. Look how cool I am. I'm Scott Bentley, and I found a number that wasn't absolutely vomit-inducing that involved the Detroit Tigers offense. Unfortunately, that doesn't exist. I literally spent hours. It doesn't exist. The only semblance of somewhat competence is still a sub-100 OPS plus in comparison. But against lefties, the Tigers weren't absolutely historically atrocious. They were just below league average. <laughs> there you go. That's like your one your one kind of hit where you're like, okay, that wasn't that bad. It was bad, but not that bad. And this, again, is to Matt Shepard's point yesterday that we talked about. Like, there was a point where there was a discourse in the season where people were like, oh, if the Tigers just played lefties, they'd be good. No. Their lefty OPS was 701. That's a 97 OPS plus relative to every other team's league average splits against righties and lefties. That's 3% worse than league average. It's still not good. It's just you're comparing it to a 608 OPS against right-handed pitchers. 608 and a 219 batting average. 73 OPS plus in comparison to the OPS against right-handers to the other 29 teams in baseball. 27% worse than league average. Your OPS on the season as a whole was 632. I'm going to be honest, like every single split I could possibly have dreamed of. I tried. I I uncovered every rock, every stone. I desperately tried to find some okay offensive stats. They just don't exist. This was a train wreck. And pretty much all of the numbers are like a sub-240 batting average, a sub-300 OBP, and an OPS somewhere in the mid to low 600s, no matter the split. Now, there are some kind of, is funny even the word? Like, it sounds bad to use the word funny, but there are some offensive stats that I find just even more ridiculous than some of these other ones, I guess. In the second half, their OPS raised from 619 to 648. Um, those are both really bad. And do you know that the Dodgers OPS is like team OPS is like seven seventy something. You know how insane that is. Is that not better than any qualified hitter on our team this year? It is. Their team OPS was better than like our our top end our like best hitter. That's crazy. That's messed up. That shouldn't be a thing. 
anyway. Um, so one of the, I mean, like I, I tried to go by month and I was like, Oh, maybe like, no, like in September, they had a six seventy four. And again, in September, what was everybody doing? And I took, I mean, we, like we talked about it. Like I, I said, Hey, the offense isn't like that good. It's just, it's been just barely good enough to get us some wins in 11 of 13 or whatever. The OPS plus in September for the Tigers was 92 in comparison to the other 29 teams OPS in the month of September. Still below league average. 8% at that, like pretty solidly below league average. It's just, it was better than, like, this is why Matt Shepard was spitting. Like, it's just better than what we've seen. So everybody was like, oh my goodness, like, look at us. Not really. It was still really bad. It's just warped because of how bad it, it was even worse leading up to September. Um, okay, this is one that I just thought was kind of funny. And, like, not funny in a very good way, but kind of funny. So, game outcome numbers. Obviously, in the wins, your offense is going to be good. In the losses, your offense is going to be bad. Okay? We can skip that. Our OPS in games that we won was 781. Okay? 781. This is crazy. I'm about to blow your mind. Okay? Because it's crazy bad. Like, this is this is really bad, what I'm about to say. But... I think it it needs to be on airwaves. OPS plus in comparison to the rest of the league in wins. 91. Okay. So your 781 OPS is 9% worse than league average in wins. When out when the 29 other teams win games, their OPS is 9% better than yours in the games that you win, right? Now, this is where it gets really sad, okay? The OPS Plus, in comparison to the players' season totals, is a 146. What that means is that in wins... As a whole, this team had to play 46% better than their season averages to get a win. And that is still 9% below league average in what offensive numbers should be in a win. 40 Six person, a 146 OPS plus relative to the 2022 Detroit Tigers season numbers. They had to outperform their season just like what they normally were going into games by the end of the year by 46%. And that was still almost 10% worse than league average. Wow. Right? Wow. Unreal stuff. 
So that's one that I really wanted to highlight because I think it's one of the most, like, really under the radar, just asinine stats that I've ever laid my eyes on. I am in a worse mental state for having read that number. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, that, and, like, that's kind of it. I, I mean, seriously, like, I, I, I tried to look at OPSs in certain counts and, and in, you know, like, leading off innings or after getting to three balls, which, like, only happened, like, 80 times all year. Like, I, I – clutch stats, like, numbers run in scoring position. Like, it just it, – it doesn't exist. There is no silver lining. There's no sugar coating. This season just sucked. And this offense was just one of the worst we have ever seen. And there's no way around it. The rest of the year, um, we'll finish up here and just do like a quick recap. We left off in in the middle of the season, I guess, when I was doing kind of just like the chronological events of the year. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, they they had the bullpen, they had Tarek Skubal, and then they didn't have Tarek Skubal. And the bullpen remained, even after trading Fulmer, they, that, that bullpen stayed pretty strong. But um, then we get to the All-Star break, it's Gregory Soto. Not too many people agree with that, as he is a rough second half as is. Then we get to the trade deadline. And I infamously lose my mind on here again on the trade deadline about how ridiculous I, and I still hundred percent agree with everything I said then. Um, I don't think that there is any justification for what happened, but there's no point in getting mad at it now. Cause Alavila has gone. He's gone. He will not be in charge of any more trade deadlines for, for the rest of my life, which is great. Um, and then we start the second half. We still don't have Austin Meadows. We still don't have Eduardo Rodriguez. And the second half was the most just bleh, gross, underwhelming baseball I, I think I've like ever seen. Here's the thing. There have been worse Tigers teams. Obviously. You know, three years ago, we lost 114 games. And one of my earliest baseball memories is my favorite team losing 119 games. Like, obviously, there have been worse teams. Did you know that the 2019 Tigers hit, like, significantly more home runs than the 2022 Tigers? I just learned that today. I tweeted it out. I was comparing the home run leaders, like the top three home run hitters for the 2019 Tigers that lost 114 games and the 2022 Tigers. And I realized at the end that they had hit like 30 or 40 more home runs, the 2019 Tigers, than the 2022 Tigers. Juice ball in 2019 or not, I don't care. That's embarrassing. And Javi led both teams. So like at least we we somebody this year hit more homers than 2019 Brandon Dixon. Thank goodness. But like that's still sad. We only had one player on our team this year that has slugging percentage over 400, and it was Eric Haas, qualified hitter at least. Um, 
pretty sure jo- Jody Mercer in 2019 would have led our team this year in OPS, or maybe second. Maybe Eric Haas is the only one that had a better OPS. A lot of crazy stats. I could just read off crazy, obscure, ridiculous things that'll make you cry. But like, I don't want to do that to you. Um, if you want to look at where we rank in the American League in all of these stats, it's I mean, pretty much the bottom of the barrel across the board. They are, well, gee whiz. <laughs> I'm trying. Really, I was trying to find something that wasn't like 15th across the board. 15th in runs, 15th in home runs, 15th in home runs in the 2019 Tigers, who were also last in the American League in home runs, had like 40 more than you. Um, 15th, last in walks, 13th in strikeouts, 13th in batting average. And this is obviously out of 15 teams, all these 14 in OBP, 14 in slug, 14 in OPS, 14 in total bases. Uh, It's us in the Oakland A's. We're last or second to last in everything. Now, Walks is something that blatantly needs to be addressed. The strikeouts, there are some good teams that strike out a lot. And generally, you strike out less, you do better. But like we're kind of moving away from that, moving into an era where people can strike out more and still be somewhat successful. Um, you definitely want to cut the number down. I'm not saying I'm, I'm chill with it being at 1,413 strikeouts. But it's that compared to 380 walks that is just insane. Like... 380 walks, the Dodgers had like almost double the amount of walks that we had. And I know the Dodgers won 111 games, whatever. But like, let's start actually comparing ourselves to good teams. I really like what Matt Shepard said the other day. The bar can't be on the floor forever. You want to pick a middle of the pack team? Good. You're still going to be 150 to 200 walks behind them. (laughs) 380 walks as a team. Unreal stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it. It was really bad. Woohoo. Like we, we, the timeline of everything. I mean, again, like it, everything that could have gone wrong did. And I, and I don't want to make excuses or anything. Cause at the end of the day, like that, none of that is justifiable for how bad this season ended up going, but it was just, uh, it was an on top of it was a it was a kick while we were down it was an oh also on top of having one of the worst offenses you've ever seen here's like a million injuries and you're just gonna miss like half of your team at one point like okay cool so there you go there's your 2022 detroit tigers one last ode to the season that was um a failure a failure. That's what it was. Way over time here. I'm sorry, but I, I just want to get it all out one last time. And then hopefully we can move on. And we're going to do individual player breakdowns, which will be super fun. Um, and on Monday, we're going to do mailbag. Okay. So you can leave, if you're watching on YouTube, you can just put in the comments to this video. You can leave a question and I'll pull from those. Or if you're on Twitter, you can always DM me anything. I will see it. Uh, or you can, I'm going to tweet out on the Locked On Tigers Twitter at Locked On Tigers. Uh, we're just going to tweet out, hey, mailbag episode, reply with questions. And you can just do it that way. Any of those avenues you want to take to ask a question, be my guest. Go ahead. I will cover it. 
Uh, like I said, depending on how many we get, we might do Monday and Tuesday our mailbag, which is like kind of fun because then we can start the off season off with just talking about uh, like, you know, uh, immediately answering all the questions that I know you have instead of waiting for me to get to an episode that covers them, right? We can just off rip, answer as many questions as we can. Um, and then after that, we'll go immediately whenever the mailbags are done, whether it's Monday or Tuesday, we will go straight into uh, player breakdowns. And so we'll talk about 2022 seasons for player breakdowns, but uh, we, we, we are done talking about the 2022 as a whole Detroit Tigers. And I'm pretty happy about that because uh, this team, I think this year took years off my life. You know what's really messed up is like I still like I miss it. Why is that? That's crazy. Uh, like I'm I'm a sicko. Like it's it's Friday, October fifth. The season's been over for two days, not even forty eight hours. And I'm like, dang, I miss watching the Tigers. Why would anyone miss watching that product? All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out uh, Lockdown MLB. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Um, sorry for going way over time. Way over time. Uh, I promise we're not going to have a full off season of like 45 minute stuff. I'm, I'm trying, I'm supposed to be trying to keep these at 30. I'm just really not good at it. Um, I think that's it. Thank you again, uh, for tuning in and your continued support means the world to me. And we will be back on Monday answering your questions. I'm super pumped for the questions y'all are going to have. And seriously, nothing is like off limits. I mean, we can do, if you have questions about the show, like, what are we going to talk about at this and this time or whatever? Or if you have, I'm assuming most of it's going to be like Tigers player questions. Um, we'll get into all of those. You know, if you, you have personnel questions, individual players you have questions on, coaches you have questions on, uh, free agency questions, trade questions, winter meetings, my favorite week of the year. Um, I mean, I don't even know. Personal question. I don't know if you want to know like my like morning routine. Like I don't know. I seriously like not, you. Y'all can ask anything. I, you know we're gonna try. Please try to keep it Tigers baseball. I don't think that'll be too difficult for our uh, our following. But yeah, any any and anything, any and any, every and any, any and every thing, we will uh, we will try to get to. Um, so yeah, it'll just be cool to kind of get out. I'm just rambling at this point. Okay. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I will catch y'all on Monday answering your questions. Go Tigers, baby.